the point is that I'm not spending my time attached to my computer when I could be spending family time or we could be doing, you know, chores, but chores together, you know, so it's more fun. Welcome to Sharp Podcast, where we have one aim, to help you get better at the stuff that you have to do and spend more time doing the stuff that you want to do. Hang on a minute. That's two. That's two aims. For goodness sake, can't we even get the intro right? Sorry, we'll try that again. In the meantime, enjoy the episode. Well, hello, and welcome to episode 73. Now, at the time of recording this, it's been somewhere in the region of about four months since we last released a full episode. I gave you an update. A small update episode came out in August to explain why. If you don't know why there's been a gap, um, please feel free to go back and have a listen to that update episode that was in August. So since our last full episode, I've set up my own learning and development business and that's taken up a fair proportion of my time, which has had an impact on my ability to write and create and get podcast episodes out. The good news is I've got three episodes in the can. Now, they're all conversation episodes, so coming up in the next few weeks and months, we're going to hear from a fitness expert on why we should consider more than just our physical self and what we do in the gym. I had a conversation with a leadership expert where we talk about resilience and communication. But this episode has been a long time in the making. We meet Susie from the Casual Birder podcast. Now, I've kind of known Susie and her work uh, for many years through the Britpod scene. I've watched Susie's work at a distance. She's got her own birding podcast and she does loads of work supporting other podcasts and the podcasting industry. And it had been a long time since Susie and I had actually managed to get to speak to each other. But we'd had a few conversations and we decided to make a podcast. Now in this conversation, it starts off with general chat about Susie's podcast, how she gets it together. There's loads of useful techniques and tips that she uses that don't just apply to podcasting that you'll find really helpful. But about halfway in, we get to a real nugget, which I think you'll like. We got into the nitty gritty of why Susie was stuck and what she could do to get unstuck. And I think many of you will find that really helpful. Now, Since we made this recording, she's made real inroads into the challenges that she's had, and I'll give you a small update at the end of this conversation to let you know how she's got on. But in the meantime, please join me and Susie on a very windy June afternoon in Hampshire. So, uh, we are here in a very, very windy studio today, Um, this end on the south coast, We may get blown away. I really hope we don't. I also hope that the wind hasn't blown away the connection between us here and Susie from the Casual Birder podcast. Are you there, Susie? I am. You're in in Hampshire, aren't you? Right in the middle of Hampshire? Yeah, I'm about, I think I'm about 20 or 30 miles north of you. And um, we've definitely got lots of grey skies, although the sun has just poked through the clouds. But we keep getting some really, really dark clouds. So... I'm a bit fearful that you said there's so much wind where you are in case uh, we are about to get a really bad storm. But let's crack on. <laughs> you, I promise you, during this episode, you'll hear all sorts of clattering and banging. As long as 
actual windows don't fall off or actual roof tiles don't come loose, I will stay in front of this microphone. Oh, my goodness. But if I suddenly disappear, um, you know why. But uh, you know me, the show must go on. So, Susie, how on earth are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, sounds like I'm better than you are at the moment. <laughs> it, uh, it, it's amazing to talk to you. I'm so excited about this conversation. And I'll tell you why. I feel like, I feel like I've known you like for years and we've had so much interaction online and me watching with admiration what you do with not just your podcast, the Casual Birder podcast, but how you promote podcasts, what you do for the podcast community. You got involved in um, in um, the Britpod scene and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like I really know you, but actually this is only the third time that we've spoken to each other. Yes. <laughs> which, which seems a bit weird. So I'm very, very excited to talk to you today. How do you feel? Oh, I'm fed up. I'm going to go home. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, Give it I mean, 10 minutes. It, it, yeah, exactly. No, it's absolutely amazing that, as you say, we've known each other for years now, and it was only very recently that we had our first online conversation, which, um, yeah, it's really strange. And it's, it's so strange to then hear the, the voice uh, and see the face when you're <laughs> only used to hearing the voice. And it's kind of like, oh, I'm talking to a celebrity. <laughs> I've thank you. Uh, no one's ever called me a celebrity before, so <laughs> ka-ching. Um, I'll put a sound effect in of a bell. So uh, I'm I'm really excited to talk to you. We've got some. We've talked about so much in the pre-conversation anyway that frankly, um, I should have just press record a little while ago. But <laughs> the number one question, which has to be asked at the start of every episode, do you have socks on? No. Uh, yes. Yes. Hey. <laughs> What colour socks do you have on, Susie? Please don't Let say me black. have a look. Please they, don't say black. They are, no, I'm afraid, they are um, peach sports socks. Oh, in my wow. So. Peach sports socks. Yeah, peach, so. peach sports socks. That's a good uh, tongue yeah. twister to. Get With started. a little grey line near the top. Very cool. Very classy. Ankle socks, these are. Or trainer socks, actually. Do you have places that you have to get to quickly? <laughs> no, it's just for support because my feet hurt <laughs> if I don't wear trainers. Don't you think, right, that this working from home arrangement has caused us has caused us all to rethink our footwear? Because in the house, I don't wear shoes. So for most of the day, unless I'm going somewhere, I'm not wearing shoes. And I I actually long to put a pair of shoes on. <laughs> yeah, I, I started off um, just, I've got some slippers and, and wore those. And then I've got some yeah. flip-flops, but I fell over in them because they're a bit slippy. So I just thought, you know what? I'll just wear trainers, but it does make me feel like at any moment I might, you know, jog up the stairs or <laughs> run up and I, I don't. Get your steps <laughs> but in. I feel like I could. You could. You have the potential. Absolutely. You're like a coiled spring. Exactly. Well, listen, Susie, um, first of all, may you please tell the listeners who you are, what you do, a bit about the Casual Birder podcast, because uh, I know you, but maybe they don't. You mean there are people out there who don't know me? There's, there are three people out there who don't know who you are. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have a, a show, uh, the Casual Birder podcast. It encourages people to take notice of their local bird life. I'm a big, big fan of wild birds. I get an awful lot of joy from watching them, from watching their behaviours, from listening mm -hmm. to them, from uh, finding out information about different birds, the different bird species. And... What I try to do through my show is bring stories of birds to people. So it's either stories of my own, the birds I've observed, the birds I've seen, or birds that people who listen to the show tell me about. I bring on experts to talk about 
specific bird species or um, specific bird behaviours. I do recorded bird outings. Um, I'm trying to manage my terminology. I used to call them bird walks, but I'm trying to be more inclusive in my terminology. So I've now changed it to bird outings. Mm -hmm. Um, And yes, and I, I have audio diaries about the birds that I see. So I've been lucky enough to travel and I've got quite a few recordings from the various places I've been to. And I don't always know what I'm seeing. I'm very much, I call myself the casual birder because while I absolutely love birds and they form a big part of my life, I'm in no way an expert. I'm learning all the time. And what I'd like to do is bring people along with me, help them see the joy in bird life. And then hopefully they'll leave me behind as they either become experts or they become more interested in conservation. And I'm kind of like a a springboard for them. Uh, to set them on a path of of joy with nature. I really like that actually that you you've called yourself the casual birder because you're not an expert you're learning all the time and that's I think that's one of the reasons why we get on actually because I'm I'm the same in terms of if you want to learn about something the best way to learn about it is teach it to other people. Yes. And that's really where I am, you know, I learn about productivity and how we manage time and meditation and all that kind of stuff and then just try to share the resources in this podcast which is the the channel for people like me who just want to find out more about this stuff and that that sounds similar to have I got that right your approach with birding so yeah I just wanted to to help people find out about birds and honestly it's the same thing as you said that while I Um, while I have been learning about birds and talking to other people who are enthusiasts and talking to experts, I have learned so much more about birds and of all aspects than I thought I would with the podcast. I I kind of thought I knew quite a bit already, even though Mm. I was a casual birder, I was a, you know, um, an enthusiast. But I've I've come to realise over the time that I've had the show that, and, and that's been about four years now, I just recently produced my 100th episode I've come to realize that there is so much so much so much more than I could you know ever hope to know and that's okay I've gone through times where I've thought I really need to you know take some courses and and learn more so I'm bringing more value to people but actually there's no real need for me to be an expert I don't have to be the expert because I can learn along with people listening from the experts, people that have spent years in their subject matter. But the the whole range of people that I've come across through my show has really broadened um, my understanding of the natural world. Wow. And it sounds to me from what you're saying, there isn't actually a destination in terms of knowledge of any subject, really, including knowledge of birds, that it's more about learning on the journey as opposed to arriving as an expert at the other end is that fair that's a really good way to put it and and one of my key points is to enjoy the journey so to take time on that journey if we're going to use that metaphor to actually stop and listen and look and not rush on to the next so you know uh, uh, as a more sort of um, obvious analogy is that I'm I'm not a twitcher What's a twitcher? Uh, someone who 
is very, very keen on building their list of seen birds. And okay. they will travel around quite long distances. If a rarity turns up, you know, they will, they'll be off to Shetland or down to the Scilly Isles or over to Norfolk to see that bird. Right. And, you know, they may travel hundreds of miles in a weekend just to have been able to see a bird. And I appreciate the competitiveness and the excitement of seeing new birds. Mm-hmm. But it's just not my style of birding at all. Okay. And... Honestly, I'm grateful for that because during the last year when we've been so isolated and kept to our own localities, it's meant that I've been able to get a lot of joy from watching my local birds. And even though those local birds may be the same blackbird, the same robin, the same house sparrow, I can see differences each day in things that happen. I can watch their journey through the seasons. I can watch how they interact with each other. Mm -hmm. I can see the changes. And that has been really, really rewarding. That It's kind of like finding simple joys in what we see around us. When it, when it comes to learning and ultimately... I want to talk in a minute about podcasting because clearly you've learned a lot about podcasting as well on this journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when it comes to learning, I do think it's useful for us to think about um, the benefit of learning whatever the subject is, whether it's birding, podcasting, productivity, whatever it is, learning it for the subject's sake. And Dan Harris has got one of my favourite book titles, 10% Happier. You know, that that mentality of... I just want to get 10% better at something but actually it's about it's about the joy I have on the way as opposed mm-hmm. to arriving at that 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 final piece um yeah tell us a bit about what you've learned about podcasting along the way as well because that must be quite significant yes um I have learned <laughs> first of all I have learned that it takes much more time than I ever imagined that there is a whole lot more involved in podcasting. Now, podcasting can be a very simple process. Mm-hmm. If you had um, a topic that you wanted to talk about and you wanted to share with the world, you could just record it on your phone and upload it for free to a free host and get it out there. But you don't do that. No. Uh, but also, but, but my, my show is fairly simplistic. Mm-hmm with regards to some of the shows that I've now learned about. Because by being part of the podcasting community, I've come into contact with a host of creators. And uh, I've met people who create audio dramas and create really intricate shows with great sound design and, you know, really experienced people. And often people that aren't, aren't trained necessarily in that field, but have a natural wanting to learn and so they they have found out how to do those things and they have been able to unleash their own creativity within their show I just think it's amazing that there are so many different types of show and yes you could just sit with a friend and chat about the latest Buffy episode or you could create vast universes of you know sci-fi dramas and you know put that out on a on a podcast plus all all of the the teaching podcasts and the the ways of learning, uh, hearing other people's views. Um, just it's a it's a never ending giving, I think, with podcasts. You can find any kind of topic and hear about mm. it um, and learn from it. Speaking of hearing, 
I don't know if people can hear. I think one of my walls is coming off. No. <laughs> um, I, I'm slightly exaggerating, but perhaps not far off. But I just, I just worry because I know there was a tornado recently in East London. Just, oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Whenever, whenever I know there's a big storm, it's like, please don't let there be anything that. Active. We'll get, we'll get through it together, Susie. Um, so <laughs> we're not in Kansas anymore. We, <laughs> when you, um, so when you make an episode, how mm-hmm. on average, how long are your episodes? Uh, they're usually between 25 and 45 minutes. It, okay. it varies depending on what the subject matter is. So for the benefit of the listeners out there, how much of your time is half a one half hour episode taking up? Do you reckon, would you guess? Can I just have a bit of a hysterical laugh here while I try to think through all the elements? Yeah. So when I, when I, when I, before I answer the question, I'll just take you through a little bit of the stages. So when I first started the show, um, I was writing a script every week. Because while I can talk until the, t- the cows come home, when I've got someone on the other end of the mic, when I'm sitting talking to the mic myself, bizarrely, I find it really difficult to think of what to say. Okay. So there was script writing to be done. Then there was rehearsal because you write the script and you don't want it to sound like you're saying, well, the blackbird is a brown bird if it's a female. or You know, you, it's very hard to write a script mm in the style you speak. So then there was a lot of refinement so that I could find my own tone. Strangely, I have found that when I record, when I speak on my podcast, I speak a lot more slowly than I do in real life. And I've started to wonder if that's my real voice. And the rest of the time, I'm speaking quite quickly. What what do you mean by your real voice? As you can tell now, I'm very excitable. I speak quite quickly. But when I'm on the show, my voice slows down. I take time to think about what I'm saying. Even when I'm, even when I'm scripted, mm-hmm. everything seems, you know, people have said to me, oh, I really love listening to your show because you're so calm. You, you've got a lovely sounding voice. Mm-hmm. And that's not how I am when I'm speaking to a person. And I... I, I didn't know this on the surface. This is only something I've thought about since hearing how my how I sound on my show and how I sound when I'm speaking generally. And why is there that difference? And I do think it's because of the the worry that I haven't got someone's attention. It's interesting though because I I mean I I've learned over the years the attention you think people are paying is often different to how it looks, and you can overcompensate. I did a I did a presentation, uh, a local presentation to some local businesses when I was doing voiceovers and I was, and I was trying to impress on businesses um, the importance of the consideration of audio. I worked quite hard on this presentation, putting together about, you know, recognisable audio from the James Bond theme to the McDonald's sound and how audio works and all this kind of stuff. And there was a guy sat at the back of the room. He just sat there staring at me. Didn't join in because my presentations tend to be quite interactive um didn't join in didn't say anything just sat there staring and for the whole of the presentation I was convinced at some point he was just going to get up and walk out totally disinterested totally and just like staring into space I had the opportunity to talk to some of the business people afterwards and I talked to this chap and uh said what do you think of the of the session then because you know confront your fear and all that kind of stuff. Mm. He said it was absolutely fascinating. He said, uh, 
I'm a photographer and I do a podcast. And I was really interested in what you were saying. And I've learned loads. <laughs> and oh, I wow. thought, if you took him at face value, you'd think he was just not connected, not engaged. And and I've learned over the years that when, you, when you're engaging with groups of people or delivering training to groups of people, actually, the face that people make when they're concentrating often looks like boredom. And you can easily <laughs> confuse the two. And exactly as you've just described, I would then overcompensate by saying more stuff. I don't think the point I've made has landed, so I need to reinforce it and I need to oh, add stuff that is on the back me of it. so much. <laughs> saying the same thing three times because they haven't given me any feedback yeah, that yeah, they've understood yeah, what I'm yeah. trying to say. And listen, if you struggle with not getting feedback, welcome to the world of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's, but it's different, isn't it? When you can't see people yeah. looking at you or not looking at you, it kind of, it does remove some of that pressure yeah yeah but yeah so sorry to get back to your original question of how yes, long please. does it take me so how long? um so probably it takes about six hours to get a half hour show out but if i'm doing an interview mm-hmm. which i then edit afterwards uh pauses and spaces i can either extend or you know decrease depending on the, the pacing of the the thing i'm talking about um so interviews can take a lot more time and then um a recorded bird outing the ones that I enjoy the most in terms of recording because I'm taking people along with me out into the wild uh, but yeah so those episodes take long as well so I can easily find myself spending two to three days getting a episode wow. finished so yeah and, and at the moment I'm spending nearly all of my time working on the show in some form like creating future content or planning where I'm going to go with the show uh, because I've got that element I'm not currently uh, I'm currently on a sabbatical from work so I have time to devote to it but I I will be going back to work in a couple of months and by that time I really want to get my systems so honed that I can not end up spending all my evenings and weekends just on the show. So um, if we're looking at a range from between six hours to two to three days, depending mm. on the length of episode, your podcast is a, is so far it's a weekly podcast, isn't it? It aims to be. Yeah. I've, 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 I've played with that a little bit. Um, and like you, I've just gone five weeks without getting an episode out because yeah. I've got a particular sticking point yeah. at the moment. But yeah, generally it's been a week. But do you know what? When I was working and getting out the, the episode weekly, the deadline of having to get it out on the Monday morning or you know by 6am Monday morning, which is when I was publishing, um, meant that I would be less critical about my endeavours. And unfortunately, now I've got the time to think about what I want to produce. I'm filling the time that way when I I need to get back to a a more rigorous kind of like um, less perfectionist and just get it out so that then I've freed time up for other things. Yeah. Have you heard of Parkinson's law? No. It's a law that says that the job will take as long as you've got to do it. Yeah. (laughs) And I think it's really interesting what you say there about the fact that when you, when you had a deadline and you were combining, because I was going to go on to ask you actually, when you go back to work, if you're, you're spending two to three days a week working on the podcast, plus you've got a job, plus you've got a life, plus presumably there is some birding stuff you do that isn't to do with the podcast. Then actually, if you add all that stuff together, how on earth do you make it fit? And it's, I find it really interesting that if you're on a sabbatical and things are taking longer, 
um, if there's a if there's a connection between um, your so I was going to say productivity. I hate the word productivity, and I think I've done a whole episode on why we hate the word productivity, but people know what we mean when we say productivity. So mm. there's a balance in your productivity, um, how many episodes you get out, how much you actually produce, and the time you've got allotted to to, to get it into, which we might come back to. You So thinking about um, kind of how you manage your time and how you get things done, you mentioned earlier that you do have some systems when when they're working really well, what are those systems and how do they work? Right. So I've through your show, I have learned some um, tools that I can use to help manage my uh, podcasting. Um, so I have a couple of Trello boards that are I have an ongoing Trello board that is my episode planning production board. And then I also have one that's um, ideas for future episodes or things I want to try, things I want to do. And now I know that I can get those things out of my head and down into some sort of structure. Uh, that has been a real help. Susie, can you explain to people in simple terms, mm. what for those who don't know, what Trello is, how, what it Yeah, so it I, I didn't actually know myself until I... So I, I started I. to, listen to <laughs> listen to a sharp podcast about <laughs> Trello. Um, so it's kind of, it's something called a Kanban system or elements of it are a Kanban system, which is basically a to-do doing and done system so you have like a series of cards and if you imagine it being like index cards you might have where you write down on some index cards the things you want to do and then you can move them to a new pile as you're doing them and then move them to a new pile once they're done Mm -hmm. it's been a really great way of creating a process for my episode structures so you know knowing that i need to create a script or have some sort of format there for uh, my episode you'll have to stop me and keep asking me to come back because I'll start from this nugget and then all these arms of different ideas go out so don't worry I'll chop your arms off (laughs) thank you (laughs) so yeah Trello is the main point but then I have templated uh, episode outlines for for the different types of shows so an interview show has got a top and a tail and and different bits within and my own show you know if I'm doing a a solo species show then I've got certain things I want to talk about within there so I have like blocks of headings or subheadings that I know that's where the data has to go so that I can create the show from it for the episode creation I've got the different parts of the show that I want to have there so for example if people have sent me in um sound files or they've sent me in observations that I'm going to include in that show then I put them all there so it's all in one location and then I've got steps so I know that when it comes to the production side um I need to create the web page I need to create the links to the web page I need to create the publishing point for it on my host my podcast host um, I need to think about the social media posts. So all of those steps are all in the Trello board to remind me these are the steps I need to follow when it comes to finishing an episode. Mm. Because I could just make the show and not worry that no one listens, but it, you're putting so much time into it and crafting this thing lovingly. You'd like at least someone to listen to it that's, you know, yes, I know my mum listens and I'm very grateful, but it would be nice if people as well as my mum listened. So, no, Susie, you're doing it all wrong. You, you have to have my approach, which is to work really hard at something and just accept that no one's going to listen. <laughs> well, if I could reach that acceptance, it would probably <laughs> help me free up some time. So that's interesting. So let me just unpack mm, a couple yeah. of bits there because you talked about Trello and 
Yeah, absolutely. Trello is based on the Kanban system, which is at its simplest level. Get a bit of brown paper, divide it into three, use some post-it notes, as you said, or index cards, and say, right, in this side is all the stuff I've yet to do. In the middle is what I'm working on, and over here is what I've done. But you talked about two other things there, which I think, although you described them in the, your conversation about Trello, I think are distinctly separate systems that are really useful. The first one is templates. So mm-hmm. this idea of having a template in your word processing document where you've already got the structure. Um, and, and for me, where my mind goes to, and maybe some of where our listeners might be thinking, is in terms of, in terms of meetings, in terms of Zoom calls, having a structure that everyone's got that says there's a beginning and middle and end and in this section we're going to talk about this bit and then we're going to talk about that bit and then we're going to talk about this bit and I think having a template or a structure the things that we might think we normally do intuitively setting that out as a template I think is a is a very cool thing to do and then something similar but um, different enough to call out separately I think is checklists yes there's a lot of research done into the benefit of checklists and I think it's you talked about um highlighting different things you have to do so like the SEO part of your your podcast project and in and of itself that individual thing is a very simple thing in isolation it's not very complicated and actually many of us will say that's so straightforward and I know I Mm. I know I need to do it so I don't need to waste my time putting on a checklist but the thing they're missing is that if that was the only thing you're doing, you're absolutely right, but it's not the only thing you're doing. No. And therefore, having that... Um, I'm doing a weird thing with my hands at the moment. I hope everyone can imagine. <laughs> having that over here, having that one thing against a, a, a sea of other activities, it helps you put that in context because if absolutely. the thing you've got to focus on this, to, this afternoon is SEO stuff for your podcast, but at the same time, the shopping's being delivered and you've got to... Um, order some stuff in and you've got to edit this piece and all that kind of stuff, yeah. at least then you can start to think about priorities. So yes. having it on the checklist, um, even if it's really simple, I'm a, I'm a massive fan of. Yeah, no, I've, I, that, that is really something that I've learned a lot over the last sort of two years because um, before then I was just flying by the seat, <laughs> flying because of bird podcast, but mm-hmm. flying by the seat of my pants just thinking, okay, yeah, I kind of know what I need to do. I'll get it out. But I was missing things. And then, you you know, you're coming up against your deadline and you think, oh, yeah. I didn't do that bit. And, I'm, oh, no, that bit's not there. And so even though um, it might seem a simple step, having it there, it's the anchor because there's other things behind it. So even just by knowing, OK, I've got to write the title for the SEO bit on the page, but actually there's more I should be doing, but I don't always manage to do, like look up keywords that yeah. I could be using and things like that. But but just having it there as an anchor, so I know that I can do, and there's levels, so I'll do the absolute minimum. Sometimes I'll be able to do a little bit more. There is always the the, the gold-plated version I'd love to do, but I don't quite manage. <laughs> um, that's, you know, that's me and life. But, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, the checklists, um, I, I have a variety of checklists. And again, I use it within Trello because it was easier for me to keep everything in that one space. Right. So there are checklists within the um, within the episode uh, cards that remind me of the stages, uh, things like you know where the promotional bits go and that. But there's also the type of checklist with um, with the episodes where I've got pieces of content that I want to add. There are checklists to remind me, you know, because I don't 
always do the episode immediately that the piece of item comes in so someone might give me a piece of information or send me a sound file so I've heard this bird in my garden but that might not be something that I'm dealing with immediately so I'll put it into that checklist so that when I come to do that episode I remember that I did have that other piece of information to include yeah um and can I just say one other thing about templating is that I've also recently in the last year started to have a template of file structures for my episodes so before I just kind of threw stuff together under a single folder heading but now I've created um, a folder for each episode that has subfolders for each element of each episode so like I've got my raw audio my edited audio my final audio I've got my promo um, assets and I've got my photographs that I might want to add uh, which also might go into a blog post when I finally get around to writing those. Um, but they're all tied to that one episode. And then I've got um, the final, the six items within my file structure. But I've then got that templated structure. So each time I start a new episode, I I recopy that structure because then the files go into those, those uh, selected um, elements. Yeah. And that has been really, really helpful to me, especially for going back if I need to find something again um yeah i think um i'm hoping this is useful to our listeners and it's not just useful to podcasters um because i have a, a a template for each of my episodes all i do now is i open the last episode multi-track i save it as the new episode <laughs> so now i've got instead of episode 72 i'm now calling this file episode 73 i take yeah. out all the old stuff and put the new stuff in and it's so much easier because, of course... Because it's already in your places exactly. you need it to be. It's all yeah. in the right places. The music's where it needs to be and you've only got to move stuff around. So I think that idea, trying to open this idea up to our listeners of being kind of more generally useful, I think that idea of having a structure to your file or to your folder or to your system and then finding the simplest way of getting into that each time. So I haven't got to... It's not a great big project to suddenly start up again um, and think about, I don't know, um, I'm doing a doing someone's review or doing my own review or um, doing a stock check or, um, you know, looking at this month's marketing, what I'm going to do for this month's marketing, just taking last month's and deleting the old stuff and starting with that as your template. Yeah, I've, that structure is really useful. Yeah, because if I can get the system to do it for me, I can focus my hard work on the content. Absolutely. You're not recreating the wheel every time. Yeah. So you... So you've used Trello, we talked about templates, checklists, file structures. What other systems have you got? You've mentioned, uh, I I did start to use Todoist um, because Mm. outside of my podcasting, there are things, uh, I mean, I have a disordered mind, I think. I'm always having ideas, um, always having things I want to do. And there are so many things I want to do. Um, The priority, we'll come back to the prioritising thing because that's a major hiccup with me major challenge for me um but having a, a way to write things down that aren't in trello because trello is only one element of my you know of my thought processes of the things i want to do and you know i'm not going to have a trello list for my shopping yeah. but i will have a to do is to remind me that i need to get hummus this week or yeah. something um so uh, I did start using that fairly regularly. I've I've gone off that a little bit at the moment, um, partly because I'm trying very hard to create a, while I'm not 
in a formal office environment. I'm trying to create a, a more business-like approach okay. in that I want to have boundaries to my day and I'm not managing that bit very well. So I've recently um, got a, 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 a sort of diary, a kind of work diary um, that helps you to sort of review what you're going to do for the week ahead and then I'll plan for what you're going to do for the week ahead, uh, set out the the sessions that you're going to work on and then review at the end of the week. But it also has like to do bits in it as well. So that's yeah. I've I've started using that. Um, when when things go well, um, it's all the systems work really really well. Um, I I only seem to make it go well about twenty percent of the time, and eighty percent of the time I go off the tracks. So that's the thing I'm trying to pull myself, you know, work out why is that? Why does that happen? And are there things I can do to get myself more focused? Because when I'm focused, I work really, really well. But if I'm distracted and I'm hitting a challenge and I can't think it through that that point, I'm gone. And I need to be able to bring myself back to the challenge again. It's a tough on that because... um... (laughs) Trying to send a phrase Ukraine. Tell me more. Because um, <laughs> I think part of me says, well, if you're structured 20% of the time, what's wrong with that? Actually, that that's not getting, that's not get, it would be great if 20% of the structure was getting 80% of the work okay. done. Okay, yeah, fair enough. But uh, fair enough. if it's 20% of the work and that means that things are not getting done and then they're building up, that's the pressure, the overwhelm aspect is something yeah. that I don't, deal with very well and that's when i go and escape and watch a box set of something instead of doing the thing i should be doing and this is a good area for us to kind of move towards to in terms of the back end of the episode is is actually where do people get stuck in the real world because as you know this is a real world podcast this is this is not for neat freaks if (laughs) if you're a neat freak don't listen to sharp podcast that's, (laughs) that's not what we're about you know, we are about real world, real people, real problems, and, and how do we just nudge ourselves closer to where we want to be? But that doesn't mean that you're you're a neat freak. It doesn't mean that you're entirely structured and organised. Because actually, using the GTD system, I'm all over the place with some stuff. You know, I mean, look at my desk; it's a mess. There's there's stuff everywhere. I certainly am not a neat freak when it comes to to those kinds of things. I try to organise my studio all the time, and I have got hangers for wires and all that kind of stuff and so on, but then I get caught up in the excitement of making an episode, and I yeah. forget to put things away. You know, I'm not a naturally tidy person, so I have to have a system that helps me, and I have to have a system that helps me work out how do I capture what's going on in my mind. Yeah, I, I should have mentioned that I also use Notion to to do those kinds of okay. capturing. So I've got um, – I've recently uh, learned about Notion, and mm-hmm. I have um, – all the elements I might need, a business plan, you know, a, um, the, uh, the, the the why, why I'm doing the show, um, right. my bios, all those kind of things are all set there. It's a place I know I can go and look and I know I can find the stuff I've been thinking about and that I've put down in there. Where I struggle, and maybe we can spend a little bit of time talking about that bit, is the prioritising. Mm-hmm. And I really struggle with... I, I, I've got, you know, all these wonderful ideas and I've got, I'm lucky enough to have time to be able to do some of these things, but it's the urgency versus the importance that I really, really struggle with. And 
having that weekly podcast coming out and a deadline of a, you know, getting it finished by Sunday night or maybe very early hours of Monday morning, that's the deadline. And so things just get done because they have to be. That's yeah. when I'm on the, the proper sequence. But at the moment where I don't necessarily have to get it out by Monday morning and I've allowed myself to slip a little um, in certain ways, prioritising which task I do to get something done. And, you know, oh, look, it's six o'clock, I've got to go and do dinner or mm-hmm. something. That that ends up being the urgency, but it's not necessarily the important thing. And mm-hmm. so my system goes out the window and then things pile up. So I think that's – I'm good at capturing the ideas I'm less good at working out, well, which idea is the thing I should be working on next for the, the, the bigger picture plan? Ha- having this infrastructure and having the system and the tools to be able to do it, what's stopping you from engaging with them in the way you'd like to? I think I get overwhelmed by by having all of the ideas and having all of the things I want to do, which include things like, you know, getting one of our bathrooms remodelled and getting the garden sorted out and uh, going out on walks and, uh, you know, all of the el- different elements of my life that I want to be better with. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I have a day here. It's Tuesday. And I'm halfway through the day and I've spent the morning trying to figure out how to edit a video. So now I've got a couple of hours left before I then have to plan dinner for the night. And mm-hmm. and I just I just find that a day goes by and I just haven't made progress. And I don't know where I'm getting lost along the way. Is it that I don't know which thing to focus on today? I try to do a kind of structure for my week. Uh, how my week is at the moment for thinking, OK, Mondays and Tuesdays, they'll be the two days I spend on podcasting. That that will be creating episodes in advance of the following week. So I'm not spend I'm not doing it on Saturday and Sunday because we want to do family things on Saturdays and Sunday. So they should be family thing days and not not work days. So let's use Monday and Tuesday to get the podcast done, and then Wednesday I can do some other kind of creativity. Thursday I could go out on a walk somewhere, and Friday I could spend doing chores. And hey, my house would be organised, and my podcast would be out, and I'd have the weekend free to do family stuff. And how often does it disappear? And I end up getting to Friday night and thinking, oh, God, well, tomorrow, maybe tomorrow I'll do the podcast and then maybe we can go out for a walk on Sunday. You know, and So what's happening instead? What's happening instead of you doing the things that you... Everything that I want to do takes a lot longer than I expect. Mm-hmm. Like the video editing I was going to do this morning. This is something that I've been struggling with. And I thought, well, look, I've got, you know, six hours before I speak to Steve... That's six hours. That's a good six hours. I can I can spend a good portion of that getting this video sorted. I must finish it by then. And I didn't. And now that six hours have gone. And yes, I've learned a little bit. And now when I finish with you, I'm just going to go back to it and try a different program. But then I feel like, oh, that's another day wasted. And I just, I'm not good at setting a boundary on, look, I'm going to do two hours and that's it. And if it's not finished, well, that's tough. That'll just be how it goes. Because if it's not finished, I can't rest until it is finished. But if I haven't got the energy to finish it, I'll find a substitute activity like sitting out in the garden for five minutes to look at the birds. It turns into three hours because all these birds are around. Or Do you know what I mean? I, I'm too lenient with myself and not, um, not forceful enough with making myself stick to a, a plan when my energy levels are low. So what would have to happen to get you to stick to a plan? Um, 
I think I'm very good at working on directed work between, uh, you know, sort of eight o'clock and two o'clock each day. So I've been trying to do my thinking time and my things that need stuff in that portion of the day. Because as soon as I've had lunch, I then drift and then I'm, you know, have a potter in the garden and I'll come back after I've been refreshed. But, oh, look, I was out there for an hour, so now I'm an hour behind. Mm -hmm. Oh, but, you know... I need to think about getting dinner started. So actually I'll put this off till tomorrow or I'll work tonight until 11 o'clock when mm-hmm. I'm tired and not really in it. I, I, I don't know. Am I asking myself to do too many things? And this sounds so, um, so uh, weak because, you know, there are people holding down three jobs and running a family. And I've, I think, well, you know, and I'm constantly comparing myself to how I think other people are, are managing their lives and how I'm not managing mine. And that adds to the weight of not getting the priority thing sorted out. You're not weak. Those external motivators have gone away. Your intrinsic motivation is not driving you to change your behaviour. So it feels to me like trying to get an understanding of, okay, so, so what would motivate you? What, what, what would have to happen in order for you to take that eight till two period and actually be super focused and and maybe achieve that two days a week. Um, the one thing to me that seems to have changed is you. your deadline has become flexible. Now, your listeners don't have any different expectations. They're the same people. The Absolutely. Same and they've, they've told me, you know, they, <laughs> they, they're upset when the show doesn't turn up, which, you yeah. know, that adds the guilt, but yes. But maybe it's not guilt. Maybe it's just a recognition that um, the measure of success is having happy listeners, which we all strive for. The reality is we ain't going to keep everybody happy all the time. But if we can do enough of the good stuff to keep a reasonable portion of them happy, then that's probably somewhere realistic to head for. Um, You've somehow found, uh, so far, one hour, nine minutes and 13 seconds in your day to talk to me. So, oh, yeah, but that's because I like talking to you. <laughs> and we're talking about podcasts and productivity, so it's, like, important okay. to me. But, so how can you? How could you start to like doing the other things that you're... Oh, and don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't like doing them. I love doing all the elements. So it's where I get frustrated is where my, um, my abilities don't match my expectations of what I think I can do. Okay. Um, I absolutely work much better in terms of getting stuff done when i have a very hard deadline yeah i i can see what's ha- i can see what's i can predict the future <laughs> i'll be going in the time, same circle <laughs> no 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 far from it in nine weeks time you're going back to work yes so you do have a deadline yes and actually if you imagine a world where you're back at work you've got the episodes going out regularly whatever that looks like yeah and um, You've got chunks of time in your life devoted to working on the craft of creating the podcast. And those chunks of time are set aside and they're parked and they're in the calendar and they're blocked off and they're coloured in. And that the activity happens in those time. And no matter what the outcome is in the end, those chunks of time have um, rings of fire around them. Mm-hmm. Nothing else will stop you from achieving those, uh, uh, having those, those periods of time. And at the same time, what you do in that time will not bleed out of the edges. So um, we had, Lisa and I went through a phase where 
when I was doing the podcast, like you, over a, a weekend and in my own time, um, we had we had a bit of a challenge. And actually, it came down to my crap communication, by the way. I'm not suggesting that you, you this is an issue for you. This was just an issue for us. Um, I was on a Saturday morning. I was I was sitting down and I'd start editing and it would go wrong and something wasn't like it should be and it would take forever and so on. And then about sort of mid-afternoon, uh, I'd go downstairs to get a cup of tea or some lunch and Lisa's either gone out or she's downstairs. She's clearly not very happy. And I'd be like, what's, what's the matter? He said, well, are we going to do anything this weekend? I said, well, yeah, we are, but, you know, I've had a problem with the editing this morning and it's taking forever and I've really got to get this done because it's got to be out by Monday. So I'd resign myself to the fact that I'd end up spending the whole day doing the edit. Lisa would go off and do something else. And at the time, in my mind, the issue was, you, why don't you, Lisa, understand how much work is involved in creating this podcast? And why don't you just get that these things take a long time? What was missing was we hadn't actually had the conversation about it. And what I ended up doing is saying, look, when I make an episode... There's half a day on a Saturday. And um, is it reasonable on alternate weekends for me to spend half a day working on an episode? And then at 12 o'clock dead, I'll stop that and I'll come and do whatever. No matter where I am, no matter how I've progressed, I'll stop that and I'll do it. And what I found was that by putting the artificial deadline in place and being accountable to someone else, because it it wasn't just, you know, it's 12 o'clock, but really it's 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock. At Mm. 12 o'clock, I had to leave this studio and I have to present myself to go out or do whatever we have to do. So it is a proper deadline. Having that deadline in place, accountable to someone else. I got so much done in those three hours <laughs> compared to before when I was just, it was, you know, I felt like it was known that this is going to take a while and it takes as long as it takes. So it sounds to me like having a deadline, however you create it, is is going to work for you. Yes. And you've got that nine-week deadline coming. So imagine a world in nine weeks' time where you're back at work got a structure in place you're getting the things done when you need to get them you're devoting time to your family and you're producing a high quality episode how will that feel that will feel wonderful and honestly as you were describing the situation with you and lisa um i i we we kind of have a standing joke in the house now that if i'm in the middle of doing something on the episode and uh, you know I, i need to stop to make dinner but it's like you know getting on in the day I'll say to my husband, look, just another half an hour. And he says, it, now he just says, I know what your half hours are like, because yeah. that it, it is exactly what you said that, you know, you think I'll just, it'll just take half an hour and I'll finish it. And then something else goes wrong. And you just think, oh, I'm, I'm so close to finishing this. If I could yep. just spend the next bit of time, it will, yep. it will finish. And you don't. And it's yep. not because you're not wanting to, something else happens and it's, it's a continual cycle. But yes, absolutely. Because I know that I do work much better when there's a real deadline. I think that that is a real, a really good way to think of it because I've now got to the point where I talked about the days of the week and how they've been. I've I've realised that our weekends, you know, there's chores to do, but there's also we want to be able to go out and go mm. walking and, and mm. do stuff. And really, the weekend isn't a great time for me to do my podcast. I mm. really need to find a, a way to do that within the week. Now, when I go back to work, I only work four days a week, so I've still got one day in the week I could devote totally to podcasts. Okay. And then it would just be, that's what I really want to do is get my system sorted so that I can devote that one day to podcasts 
and I can do the the important stuff like the editing and the thinking stuff earlier in the day I can do the fluff stuff that's more automated towards the evening but I can be ahead of the game so rather than it being that Wednesday is what I'm trying to get out for the following Monday it'll be that's for a couple of weeks time I've already got next week's one in the bag that's the position I want to get to because that will free up my weekends to do family stuff it will mean I've gone to work and I've come home and I'm not thinking I've got to spend some time tonight to do my podcast because the podcast is my passion project. Yeah. So if you said, if you gave yourself a 12-hour window, eight till eight, and then that's, that's I've got 12 hours of intense podcast construction. And actually, if your husband, I don't know, what's your husband's name? John. John. If John is listening, hi, John. We need you, John, to be a bit, more selfish and say to Susie you can have that day but you can only have that day oh and, yes and, and you can and and actually the expectation because I I found exactly the same I'm in, in that respect I think we're quite similar where there's an external motivator an external boundary I don't want to let people down yes I don't want people to be unhappy with me so if I know that Lisa was going to be unhappy with me if I didn't present myself at 12 o'clock ready for whatever we're going to do in the afternoon In the same way, John's going to be unhappy if you're doing any podcast, actively doing any podcast stuff outside of that Wednesday. Yeah. I think that will do two things. It will, A, make your family life better because you've communicated and you've got boundaries. Um, I'm just slightly mindful of (laughs) drifting into (laughs) marriage advice in there. Let's quickly move away. It's all about time management as well, though, and, you know, and and productivity and... I yeah, think, I think you're right. And, and you know, that doesn't mean that I can't record episodes when we go out for our walks, because obviously that will be part of the experience of like the outings and thing. But the point is that I'm not spending my time ta- attached to my computer editing when I could be spending family time or yeah. we could be doing, you know, chores, but yeah, chores yeah, yeah, together, yeah, you know, yeah. so it's more fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think it's uh, that number 168 always sticks in my, my mind. That's how many hours there are on a week, 168. And you're having 12 of them to do your podcast. So you've got 156 hours to do the other stuff, quick mental arithmetic. Um, and actually, in that 156 hours, you can probably accomplish a, a fair bit. But I think, I think it, is, it comes back to Parkinson's law, and I think, I think that exists because it, it, it's true that actually we let things take as long as we have to give them. And you're a bit spoiled at the moment because you've got all the yes. time in the world. Yeah. Cue for a song. But actually, if you had less time, you would probably be more dynamic. You'd probably be more efficient. And get more done. And to use your word back to you that you said you were going to feel, it will feel wonderful. Yes. Do you like feeling wonderful? I I do, I do. And the other thing it would do is help me prepare for being back in the workplace because another thing that's happened over the past nine months is that I've been self-directed, which has been absolutely wonderful to use the word again but it has been at times been amazing to be able to think today I can do exactly you know I could just go out for that trip somewhere and I can just do it but but you do you know have to at some point corral yourself back into a a more business-like way in order to you know align with when you're working in an organization you have to align with the organization again and that you know, I need to spend this next nine weeks getting myself back into that mentality because having that restriction on your time that you can't just do what you want when you want 
is, you know, it's been absolutely amazing to have that opportunity to try and find a silver light in, in what's been, you know, a very hard time for everyone. Um, but, you know, going back to work, uh, I'm thankful that I can be doing that, but uh, I want to be happy in doing that. I, I think this is a this is a good place for us to start heading to a conclusion. You talked about business like, and um, I think I've talked about this in episodes before. In fact, the chap I spoke with last week, we talked about this as well. Our our weekly planner, and you've talked about your weekly review as well. Our weekly planner we have at home is so important because Lisa and I are both busy. She's you know she's away two or three days a week sometimes. So we sit down on a on a on a Sunday night and we identify who's where, when, who's doing what, who's cooking, what are the kids doing, um, are there are there jobs that need to be done? You know whether it's taking the shopping in, whether it's cutting the grass, whatever it is. Are there things that need to happen in that week? Who's doing them? When are they? And we actually have a timetable for what people are doing in our house for the coming week. Now, some people would say, "Hang on a minute, you're running it like a business. You're running it like a like a corporate um, operation." But I promise you, that has created so much, um, so much space for us to be spontaneous. It creates the opportunity because of that communication mm. for us to actually think much more about how we're interacting with each other. Because the boring stuff is dealt with. It's having a it's having a structure that then gives you the freedom to be spontaneous. I really like that idea, actually, because I, I remember you mentioning once before about having this this timetable. and um... It's called the Love Planner, <laughs> which sounds a bit dodgy, but I can't remember if we were recording when I talked to you about the plastic head that arrived in the post the other day, but it sounds dodgy like that did, but it actually, it it's really weird. It's improved our relationship with each other because it's, it's dealing with the grotty stuff. I think uh, I, I, there's quite a few things that you mentioned there, and, and I totally hadn't appreciated the one six eight thing either, which is um, something I'm going to go away and think about. <laughs> but uh, I, I absolutely think that when there's an external boundary, as you said, an external deadline, uh, it's something that now this might not be the best way for me to operate, but it's how I do operate. Um, and for the moment, it's probably best for me to work with what works naturally for me before mm. I make extra changes. But mm-hmm. yes, to give myself an external deadline. You know, if I've only got three hours on a Wednesday morning to do this task because I've agreed with my husband or whatever, that this is when that thing will change and we'll now be doing, you know, going out for the afternoon or something, then I think that's a really great way to to force myself to only take two hours to do this task and one hour to do that task and that's it for the morning. Um, And I don't, to use your word, I don't think there's anything wrong with being businesslike if you're clear on, on your why. No, I'm yes. being businesslike about the boring stuff. So actually, I can be a bit more relaxed and calm about the interesting stuff. Um, focusing on getting better at the stuff you have to do so you can spend more time doing the things you want to do. Where did that come oh, from? Oh, I've heard that somewhere before. I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> in that exact voice as well. <laughs> Susie, I'm going to recap in a minute everything that we've covered because I've I, written it down we, and we have covered for so long. So sorry. So much stuff. That. Don't worry. What one question have I not asked you that I should have asked you? I think we've covered pretty much everything. I still have that 
prioritizing um, doubt in my mind, but I think that will probably come with the planning of the of the key things that need to get done. Yeah, you know, working out what's important and what's urgent. Yeah, um, and maybe possibly, and again, I I really admire what you've said there. This might not be the best way to do it, but if it works for me, then do it. Maybe it's ramping up the urgency that you need on some of these things. Yeah. Although they're all important and you're really clear in your mind about how important they are, actually it's ramping up the urgency that's going to help you decide, I've only got an hour left now, do I either muck about with this photo for the episode until I've got it absolutely right, or do I get that bit of, get those notes done properly because actually they're the thing my list is, you can only do one, so yes. which one are you going to do? And I think having that, boundary can be really helpful i think that's that's a great way to sort of emphasize the the deadline aspect you know yes fantastic well look i i can't but i feel two pages of stuff we've talked about so much so we talked about we talked about uh, your peach socks uh (laughs) which is excellent correct sort of color thank you um we talked about learning not being about a destination but being on the journey we talked about the joy of focusing on what I'm learning today rather than worrying about being accomplished or an expert or whatever. We talked about the joy of, of being, almost being, and this is really interesting because there are some parallels now. You talked about the joy of being confined to your house, which is obviously generally not joy, but in your particular case, what it meant was that boundary that's been imposed on you, because you can't do anything about it, actually has brought you more joy because you can really focus on what you can do within that boundary. Yeah, mm. um, yeah. I, I would just say there that I've, you know, lucky that I've had a garden and I've got birds already coming to my garden because birds are such a big part of my life that yeah. being able to just look outside and see them, um, I've been able to find really good moments in times that were quite hard. So, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're right. And there are, there are so many things that, I think some of the things that we're grateful for, but sometimes that externally imposed restriction brings them into focus, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, whether it's having a garden, whether it's having a window box, whether it's having a park you can go to, those things that we take for granted sometimes when you when you can't get to them, <laughs> yeah. you realise how, uh, how lucky we are. You talked about um, more haste, less speed, being distracted – and then we got into into the meat of the systems. Uh, you talked about using Trello and the Kanban system. You talked about having templates for some of your documents. We talked about using checklists and particularly in checklists having steps and levels. You talked about file structures, so structuring your files in a particular way, which means that you can get to them quickly. You started off talking about Todoist and then you talked about Notion, which is a, an app that people can download that you can capture stuff in and run projects with and, and so on. Uh, then we talked about prioritization and boundaries. Then we had a really, and by the way, thank you for being so open in that conversation about some of your challenges. Because I, th- I think that is what people will get value from. Not me sitting here telling you what the next greatest <laughs> app is, but actually, how do I deal with a situation where I've got all these systems in theory, but I don't feel like I'm putting them to good use because the the, the time is slipping by, yeah. and. What we said was that actually if you impose some boundaries yourself and particularly get John to sign those off. <laughs> I'll make sure some... he listens to this episode so he'll... <laughs> yeah, get to listen. 
Uh, John, I'll give you my phone number. You can grass Susie up if she doesn't do what we've agreed. Um, but you can you can impose those boundaries, and being accountable to someone else can help reinforce the importance of that boundary. And then working within that boundary, you know straight away because you did it before you stopped working that actually you can get this stuff done. Mm. And in nine weeks' time, you're going to be experiencing a wonderful time because you will be getting this podcast that you love and and the quality of, of it done to a really high standard get that satisfaction from it and at the same time all the other stuff in your life you can get some joy from as well i think joy is a good word for that i might call this episode the joyful episode oh joy is such a uh, such an important thing for me yeah finding joy in the small things um finding joy in the small things what a fantastic way to end susie thank you so much for this time and i'm even more grateful now knowing that you're up against it in terms of other things so on behalf of my listeners thank you ever so much where can people get hold of you? This is now this is where you just get to tell us all about your socials, connections. Where can people find you? Let us know. Um oh, well thank I'd just like to say, Steve, thanks so much for taking the time to to listen to my struggles and, and to offer some of your experience because um I've I I can see that I'll be putting some of this into practice straight away and, and giving you feedback to let you know how it's worked out. You're welcome. I didn't do anything, I just asked you what you wanted to do. <laughs> But it's that clarity. It's just sometimes having that, that back and forth. Um, if people want to listen, I'd love to have you along with me on my show. You can find me on, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, but come over to the Casual Birder podcast website, which is casualbirder.com. And you'll find episodes there. You'll find ways to get in touch. Um, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. And a couple of times a week, I run either a quiz or I ask you to tell me about the birds you've seen and just look out for those posts and honestly you don't have to be an expert you can tell me you've just seen a brown bird in your garden but if you found some joy in it I want to hear about it so listen along and tell me about them. What's your handle on Twitter and Instagram? It's um, on Twitter it's at casual birderpod and on Instagram it's at casual podcast. But the links to all of those run. If you just go to casualbirder.com, you'll find the links to all my socials there. Fab. And I'll put all the links in the show notes for this episode too. Thanks ever so much. I really hope now you get this conversation out of the way, you can get on with what you uh, want to get on with the rest of the afternoon. And uh, again, on behalf of my listeners, thank you for giving up your time, Susie. It's fantastic. Thank you. And I'm feeling quite motivated, actually. So I'm sure I shall really get some stuff done this afternoon now. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! <laughs> Thanks very much. Take Thank care. You. See you later. Bye bye. Bye. Well, thank you, Susie, for having a really full chat. I found it helpful. I know you found it helpful. We'll come back in a minute to um, why I why we know that. And I hope our listener found it helpful. Did you find it helpful? I hope you did. So we recorded that back in June. It's now September, and um, Susie is back at work. And I've got a message here that says, uh, to give an epilogue to the episode, I'm now back at work three days a week. And the hard boundary means that the structure has now been imposed from the outside. And Susie goes on to say that she's going to have two weekdays working on a show, do all the stuff that she talked about in the episode in those two days, which then leaves the weekend free for her for family time and household stuff. She's going to ask John to listen to the episode um, hi, John. <laughs> hope you've uh, hope you've enjoyed it. And she thinks that the idea of having a weekly family time plan will work for both of them. 
because that then frees up time to be creative. John has a, a, a passion for photography and also allows them to make progress on their longer-term household plans as well. So, feels like we've achieved something there. Hopefully you've got something out of this. Coming back to the title, I think the idea of having a restriction, whether it's a deadline, whether it's a boundary, whether it's structure, to then free some time up to go and do the stuff you really want to do, the stuff you get joy from. I mean, it's in our strap line, isn't it? Getting better at the stuff you have to do uh, so you can then spend more time doing the things you want to do. It's what we're all about. So there's, what have we learned? There's no conflict between having a boundary and a structure and joy. Actually, they can help each other. I hope it's helped you. Uh, we've got another episode coming up um, in, in some time. <laughs> I don't know how long it's going to be, but it is really good and you'll really enjoy it as well. So um, in the meantime, take care. Speak to you soon. See you later. Bye-bye. We hope that you enjoyed what you've just listened to. Have a look at the show notes for the episode. They're at sharppodcast.com, one word, two Ps. And there you'll see the links, resources that we used, and there's reminders there to help you get better at what we talked about. You know, making this podcast is a labour of love, and we genuinely do it for one reason, to help you. And we want to help as many people as we can. But to do that, we need your support. So now this is where you can help us. Firstly, you can help us in ways that don't cost you any money. You can share our episodes on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. You could send a link to a friend or help them subscribe on their device. And another free way you can support is to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher app. And if you are in a position to contribute a small amount financially, you could buy me a coffee. Go to the website, sharppodcast.com, and click on the orange button, and you can buy me a coffee. You can buy me two coffees. You can do it as a one-off, or you can do it regularly. It's up to you. If you can help, it will go some way to supporting the cost of the gear, the software, and the stuff that I invest in to help you. So next time you make a coffee or you buy one for a friend, don't forget your friend at Sharp Podcast. Thanks for your help. It's really appreciated. Bye-bye. I'm waving. I like I'm waving. You know when you wave at the end of a Zoom meeting? No one waves in a meeting, do they? You don't like have a meeting and then leave the meeting and wave to everyone in the room. Why do we do it on Zoom? And why am I doing it in front of a microphone? Who knows? I might leave this bit in.